play action for Kirk from under center. Straight drop. Kirk trying to win it to Thielen. Caught at the five. Cousins, Thielen, 42 on the Saints. Kirk takes the snap. Looks right. Fade left. End zone. And it is caught. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie. And thank you for spending some time with us today. We're here in April, continuing our draft prep series. Last week, we went over the offensive linemen, talking about Lucas Nyang, Josh Jones, and Chris Tega Wanogo. Big potential pass protectors for Kirk Cousins. But this week, we've got some new material. We've got Jordan Reed's draft guide, which just unveiled on climbing the pocket this week go out check it out it's just 10 bucks 300 plus pages of information for just that 10 dollars, and 100 percent of proceeds go to the rally rise for hunger jordan's now a scout working for the draft network he always does impeccable work it's the best way and the most valuable way the best bargain the entire package when it comes to getting to know draft prospects before the NFL draft that will happen on Thursday next week. So now, armed with this new material, armed with Jordan Reed's draft guide, we're going to look at some pass defenders, the defensive side of the ball, and figure out which ones make the most sense for the Vikings. We'll start the show with our good friend Matt Anderson breaking down the secondary seeing what we have there right now before we go into the draft. I mean, Matt, you did such a great job of setting the stage with the linemen last week. I just thought, before we dive into the defensive backs, can you do it again, please? Give the people your thoughts on the current cornerbacks and safeties in purple. Yeah, well, uh, we definitely need help there. Uh, We've seen Mackenzie Alexander leave, Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes, Mike Hughes is injured, so we're really rocking a, a pretty a pretty not in depth chart, I guess, at the quarterback position. And I think for a lot of people, um, and hopefully for Rick and Zim as well, it's a top need uh, heading into next week's draft. So I know we got some some good prospects that we're going to talk about here in a second. So I'm, I'm all ready for it. Yeah, let's get it started. Then there's a few holes to fill. So we're each going to bring a prospect to the table, starting with Ryan. Ryan, who you got? You know, I like, uh, I, I'm, I've been big on Jalen Johnson. He is a junior, true junior out of Utah. And uh, he's just got the total package for me. Uh, he, he brings stickiness. He's a man cover type corner. Pretty decent speed, ran a 4.540 at the combine. Pretty, pretty good measurables from an explosion standpoint, uh, broad jump and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he brings a lot to the table. And my favorite attribute about him, he's a dog. He, he's confident. He'll get in your face. He'll, he'll let you know that, uh, you know, he's going to lock you down that day. And I, I like those type of corners. I like those, that mentality. It brings an energy to a defense. And uh, that, that's the guy that I'm pretty high on. And I think JR has him ranked his uh, seventh best corner. Great. We got Jalen Johnson, the cornerback out of Utah. Miles, who are you going with? Yeah, so I'm going to be, I'm gonna be uh, kind of telling you guys about Jeff Gladney, the TCU cornerback. 
I, it was hard for me. I, it was between two guys, but I think Gladney is the guy I was going to lean with. He's kind of got that similar um, height, height, weight, speed style to like a, a Mike Hughes in terms of their stature and their um, their physicality. He's not quite as a read and react type of player as um, as Hughes was coming out of college in terms of the way he would read and react going after the ball. But he's a very smooth hips, um, very athletic guy that um, he best fits the man coverage scheme that Mike Zimmer runs in this defense. And, and he, he could kind of slide in anywhere you want to put him. I would probably consider him more of an outside cornerback, but I think he'd have the ability to still play in the slot. If you ask him to, um, I think he can kind of move him around the field. Like, like, uh, Ryan said with Jalen Johnson, he's sticky. He's the kind of guy that he, um, he gets really tight into hip pockets of wide receivers. Uh, he's physical, even for a guy that's five ten, 190 pounds, he's a very physical corner. He's not afraid to, to get scrappy with guys. He, uh, and and like Ryan said too, there's a lot of similarities in terms of uh, the fact that he's kind of has that dog mentality. He wants to be that. He wants to go up against the best. The best. He went up against the best in college a majority of the time. The C.D. Lambs, the Denzel Mims. Um, he played against. Uh, you know, he played on the same team as Jalen Rager, his teammate at TCU in practice. So he got to go up against a lot of really good competition. And uh, he's the kind of guy that um, I view as more of like a late first round type of cornerback, and fits right into the the need of where the Vikings are. Okay, Matt, who are you bringing to the table? Yeah, so uh, I, I chose Damon Arnett, a uh, corner out of Ohio State. You know, and kind of watching his games, he's, he's a little smaller. He's only about 5'11", though I think he might say six feet. And I think something that's kind of in common that, you know, Miles and Ryan also said is, is he's kind of got that dog mentality too. You know, his tackling is a little rough. Uh, he's, he's a little more raw as a prospect. You're not going to see him in the first round. You probably won't even see him in the second round, maybe late second round. But uh, I, I think he's a good prospect that the Vikings could probably try and nab, you know, if they want to try and grab a second corner uh, on day two or maybe even day three. Great. And I'm going to present Noah Ibnogany, the junior cornerback from Auburn. He's 5'10", just under 200 pounds, plenty of starting experience from his freshman year on to his junior and senior years in the SEC, going against some of the best pass catchers in college football. He's very athletic, but also a raw prospect who is, you know, he's got all the physical tools, but just needs some work when it comes to technique and what when it comes to pass coverage awareness. So that is kind of a reason why most draft Knicks have him going in the early second round compared to the first round. Early on in in the scouting process, people thought that he might slip to the third round, but I think all these cornerbacks are kind of rising once you get past the, the top tier of pass defenders. So Noah should go in the second round. In my mind, he's a clear steal the draft type candidate, kind of a guy like uh, Daniil Hunter from a few years back who has all the traits but just needs some development. So maybe you can get him later on in the draft. And after the first round picks that the Vikings have at 22 and 25, they pick at 58 on day two. That probably might be too late to get Noah, but they have two third round picks too. So that makes a trade up very possible. And if you have a guy who could be a Zimmer type project, that's something worth trading up for. Matt, I know you said that Damon Arnett is kind of a day two pick as well. Where do you see him going? 
like I said, I think he's kind of at that back end of second round. Um, unless there's a huge run on corner, he could maybe be middle of the, of the road second round, but late, late day two, or probably just day two in general, late second round, early third, probably. Awesome. Ryan, what do you think about Jalen Johnson and where he goes in the draft? Yeah, uh, he's ranging anywhere from late late day one to mid day two. If, if this is a guy that we like, which early word is, is that there, there are some rumors that we are pretty heavy on him. Uh, we may need to, two options here, take him, or three options, let's just say, take him with one of our first round picks, trade back, because I think, again, there's a possibility that we could trade back from 25 into the early second and still nab him. Or, uh, like you guys had said, trade up. Um, he will not be there at 58. So he is definitely a guy that we'd have to, again, uh, trade up for or use a first-round pick on. Okay. And, Miles, it sounds like Gladney might go higher. You know, we've got Igbenogany, Arnett, and Jalen Johnson maybe being in that second round. Will Gladney make it to the second round? I don't think he will. I mean, I think – so he had a – a torn meniscus that he actually played through his senior year, part of his senior year. And then he uh, uh, worked out at the combine. And I think it probably affected some of the scores he had at the combine, but he ended up having surgery right after the combine and his torn meniscus. So teams might not have an opportunity to, to fully get their hands on his medical records, of course, um, with the COVID situation. So it might drop him down just a, a tad. I still expect him to go anywhere from like the 20, the early to, to late twenties. Like he, the, the basically the last third, of the draft of the first round, I could see him going in anywhere in that range. I don't expect him to slip out of the first round, though. Sure, yeah, he, he could be the third corner off the board. I mean, some teams it's really like him even more than Christian Fulton. So, yeah, he, he's an interesting guy that I I like to talk about because he's he's definitely one of those that's a dog. And yeah. uh, I I watched him play plenty when he was playing my Sooners, and he's a good player. So, sure. So, well, with, with the Vikings needs both, you know. Xavier Rhodes walks, Trey Waynes walks. So we've got outside cornerback needs, only Mike Hughes and Holton Hill there. Then Mackenzie Alexander also no longer on the team. So we've got a slot cornerback need. So let's just talk about where you think these guys are going to play. Miles, starting with Gladney, is he more of an outside corner or do you see him sliding inside? Yeah, I mean, I think he's more of an outside corner the way he plays press man. I think he's very very physical for a guy his size. He's, like I said, 5'10", about 190, 191. Um, but he does play bigger than that when he, when he uh, lines up against receivers. But I think the flexibility of what you have with Mike Hughes, he could play – Mike Hughes can slide into the slot. So if you wanted to draft a guy like Jeff Gladney, he could be a guy that you could put on the outside and, and slide up Mike Hughes into slot and replace uh, Mackenzie Alexander that way. But I also think he has the flexibility and the hip mobility um, and fluidity to slide into the slot if you ask him to as well. I think he's got that that style of game to him, kind of similar, like I said, to Hughes in terms of um, his ability and his um, fluid hips. I think um, he has the flexibility to be able to do it, but I'm just not sure if that's the best move for him. Okay. Ryan, what do you think about Jalen Johnson going against slot receivers in the NFL? Um, I, I don't see it very I – don't, I don't see it. I don't think he can has the hip flexibility to do that. Um, he, he is a little bit more stiff when it comes to that. Uh, he is more of a pure outside man, press man corner. So, um, yeah, so we're not going to see a lot of reps in, in, the, in the slot. 
However, again, like Miles said, I, I think that Mike Hughes could man that spot going forward. And if we wanted to focus on two outside corners or he has the flexibility to go outside, if we fall in love with like, a, with like an Amik Robertson um, in this draft later in the, later in the rounds. Great. Matt, how about you with Damon Arnett? Where do you think he plays? Yeah. So he's, and the games that I watched, he, he primarily just played left outside corner. I didn't really see him play anything inside. That's not to say that he probably couldn't learn it. Um, he does have some fluid hips. Um, so I think he'd be good there, but uh, all his, his experience seems to be outside. So I feel like that's probably where he'd play. Similar to what Miles said, though, you know, in that situation, you can just move a Mike Hughes inside. You really have that flexibility there. You don't really need to, to go for a strict, you know, slot corner. You, you have flexibility when you're picking your cornerbacks this draft. I think that's interesting. You know, we all mention Mike Hughes when talking about where these rookies could possibly play. And that kind of aligns just with what I'm thinking. No matter how you slice it, the Vikings defense is going to depend heavily on Mike Hughes in 2020. So the question is who you put across from him and how deep you make that cornerback room with three holes to fill. It's really not just about getting talent there. You also are looking for depth. And I don't think one stud corner is going to fix the defensive backfield. Maybe, <laughs> uh, Miles, I'll give you some credit. Maybe Jeff Gladney is the type of guy who develops quickly across from Mike Hughes. And, you know, he's got the upside to be able to follow a primary receiver on an opposing offense, even if that receiver floats into the slot. But, the days of shutdown cornerbacks may be by the wayside right now in the NFL. And a guy like Igbenogany, he's a, a later pick. Maybe you get him in the second round, and then you can double dip at the cornerback position and get two solid guys rather than one stud corner. Igbenogany is also, you know, he's got the competitive spirit we're looking for in all these prospects and work ethic. He's come a long way since his freshman year at Auburn, focused to learn on the field. And he's also a stud kick returner in his college years, which that's going to provide depth on special teams and let Hughes, who was responsible for some returns last year, let Mike Hughes focus on defense. You've got this double-sided you know, knife that, that can help us in two phases, not just one. I really like Noah, you know, and I'm not going to try to even say his last name because I'm going to butcher that. But I, I really like him. He, he has got the highest upside, I think, of all of these guys, personally. Um, but again, he's got a ways to go. So for us to have an opportunity to bring in a corner early and, and have that individual be Noah, that could be a good play for us. However, we do need guys, I think, that can go in and, and be ready to roll right away. That's where I think Gladney and, and Jalen Johnson probably fit that mold a little bit better. We don't have as much time to really develop these guys. So, so that, that's just kind of my two cents on that. I, I really like Noah. Um, and, and if we're in a different situation where maybe we had Rhodes or Waynes or just a different veteran already in-house, um, I, I think that it would make it more um, plausible to, to really go after Noah because I think he probably does have the highest upside. But, but for our needs to produce now and into the future, I could be wrong, but I just don't know if he's ready for that. Yeah, but I think, like you had said, I think if they double dip, I think if you if you get a guy early 
and then you look at like the end of the second round, maybe even just um, wait till the third round, see who's available, and you double dip in those scenarios, um, you're more than likely going to hit on one of those two guys for sure. I'm um, not for sure, but that's the hope. Um, but at the same time, if one of those guys isn't quite ready, you have that depth and you have that guy that you can help develop. But and you also have that guy that um, in the first round that's early that you expect to come in and play right away. So at least if you, you help your depth while also working on your um, future. So I think there's there's a few ways they can go about it. They have, they have a lot of picks. They have 12 picks. So I think double dipping at cornerback at some point is something they need to do. Even if they were to bring in a veteran cornerback like a Drake Kirkpatrick or, you know, a Darquez Denard, whoever whoever that um, veteran cornerback is that they eventually bring in, which I expect them to do, um, they should still probably look to double dip because Holton Hill, he's still a big question mark. Um, obviously, with weed now being considered legal in the NFL in, in terms of not there, there no longer will be suspensions, that, that'll help him, I guess, um, if he's going to continue to do that. Chris Boyd is another guy who um, adds depth and is um, good, good on special teams, but he's also um, an unproven commodity, so it's really hard to go into the season with those two guys as your expected starters, not knowing what they bring you, which, I mean, at some point they're going to have to do that. I mean, uh, Mike Hughes is healthy now, which is good, but Mike Hughes is really the only guy that's played a significant amount of snaps outside of the injuries. So um, there's a lot of unknowns at the cornerback position for the Vikings. So um, double dipping at, at um, in this draft is something they should really be looking at doing. Agreed. So, Miles, why don't you continue? Just tell us why. Why does Jeff Gladney stand out to you over the other three cornerbacks we mentioned on the podcast? Yeah, I mean, I think out of all of it, I think, um, like like Ryan said, like Jalen Johnson's the kind of guy, I like Jalen Johnson a lot. He's a sticky cornerback, but I think there are some injury issue, issues there. I think the, the shoulder injuries are something that concerns me. With, with uh, Gladney outside of the meniscus, he's played a lot of football. He's um, he's gone against a lot of high-end talent in at TCU in the Big 12. Um, he's a sticky type of cornerback. He's very, for a guy, like I said before, for his size, he's very physical. He's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. He's a good tackler. He's a willing tackler. He airs on kind of the older side um, as a prospect, but I think that's okay. I think um, he's ready to kind of jump in and be a, a day one starter. And he's the kind of guy that he still has some room to grow. And I think if you were to get a guy like Mike Zimmer's hands on him to help continue to grow some of these young cornerbacks, I think he's the kind of guy that can go from being a, a really good prospect to a really good NFL player early on. Kind of like what, like I said, what we saw with Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes was a the guy they, they drafted in the first round with a lot of depth at cornerback, but he was a guy that got caught up to speed really quickly. He was a guy that they could rely on early on as a rookie, and I think that's something that Jeff Gladney could do. Great. And is there any of these four guys that who, who do you have the biggest concerns about amongst these four cornerbacks? Uh, well, I mean, I think Noah is the, the most raw in terms of the how long he's played the cornerback position. But I think he's the most raw. I think he's the guy that needs the most development, like Ryan was what Ryan was mentioning. Uh, but there is that high high end upside. If he can kind of figure it out, he can he can kind of figure that figure that out and get coached up. He could be a really good cornerback at the NFL level. Damon Arnett, I think um, Matt Matt had mentioned um, he played primarily on the outside, but I actually think he could transition into the slot a lot better than um, a lot of guys just because I think he doesn't have that top-end speed from the outside, um, but he also has fluid hips, and he's the, um, the kind of cornerback that kind of fits into like a true nickel role in my opinion. So um, maybe the upside's not quite there if he's going to be a, an, a nickel-only cornerback at the next level, so that could limit some of that upside, but it's an important position, so I wouldn't consider it like a downgrade at all. So 
Um, those would be the two guys out of the out of the four that I'd I'd go Gladney, Jalen Johnson, Damon Arnett, just because I think his overall experience, and then I'd go Noah. But it's it's pretty close with uh, Damon Arnett and Noah, just because I do think Noah has that high upside. Okay, Matt, I'll give you a chance to respond. Why do you like Arnett over Gladney over Noah over Jalen Johnson? I don't know that I necessarily like him over those prospects, but I definitely think that he's someone that you can grab in the later rounds. And I think that given his experience at Ohio State, that he could kind of step in. He probably wouldn't be your starter. He'd be, you know, that person you go and double dip on, essentially, like we were kind of talking about. He's just got some things he needs to clean up. His tackling's a little rough at times. He tends to leave a lot with his shoulder um, and doesn't really wrap up as well. But he does. He does. He's very good at press corner. Um, he's really good at on the on the line of scrimmage, just jamming these receivers. You know, like Miles said, you, you let Zimmer get his hand on some of these young DBs as the the quote unquote cornerback whisperer. You know, we'll see what time time can do with some of these guys. But I I definitely don't think that I would prefer him over a Jalen Johnson or a Jeff Gladney. Understood, Ryan. Final comments on Jalen Johnson. Yeah, uh, like I said uh, to begin the conversation here, he he's a dog. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna stick on you and he's gonna mirror you, and he's not gonna let you just get loose. Uh, I, I like those kind of guys. He's got good ball production. I think he had eleven pass breakups this year, which uh, is pretty solid for you know in the college game. He's a two-time All Pac-12, a first-team All Pac-12, uh, and I believe he was a second-team All-American this last year. So he's, he's got the accolades. He's played in some big games. He, um, he, he's gone up against some really good competition over his days here. Uh, most, most notably, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. at USC. And, and he, he's done well. He, uh, he didn't dominate against Michael Pittman Jr., for example, but he's really done well against a lot of the other high end competition he's gone against. And, and, you know, with the sure tackling, Zimmer's going to like that. With the dog mentality, Zimmer's going to like that. So, all of his game is pretty sound and he's a bigger dude. He's six foot one ninety-five, I believe. So and he he's he's strong. So I think that with all of that combined, he kind of reminds me of like an Xavier Rhodes coming out or like a Vontae Davis. Um, those kind of guys that could play man coverage pretty darn well. And uh, but again, probably not the guy that's gonna get inside on you or go inside. Uh, on the slot. So, so I, I like him. I think that he's going to be uh, one of the guys that I would definitely target with that 25th pick or trade back and try to get him in the early second. Great. Great. Well, I guess that leaves me with Noah. And, and let me just say, I, the last name is cause this man's Nigerian, you know, he's got shades of Ifadia Denibo. Those are the types of raw prospects that when they hit, they hit fast. And Ryan made some comments about Zimmer's role in the development. We all know that Zimmer, the cornerback guru, is going to have to quickly develop these guys if we're going to get the most out of them. So for me, it's Zimmer, you know, earn your paycheck. Take the guy with the most upside and bet on yourself, bet on him. Make sure that development, we can develop this guy better than, than the next coach. So that's where we get extra value out of it. Noah Benahini, he's an athlete from birth. You know, both of his parents were former Olympic medalists. 
Uh, him, he himself was a track star in high school. He's got experience playing running back, receiver, kick returner, like I said before. He's only been a defender for two years, but those Nigerian traits show through. This is a top-level athlete. All the traits you want in the corner. He just needs the Mike Zimmer coaching magic. That's why he makes so much sense to me in Minnesota. I would not rate him high if we were talking about the Miami Dolphins or the Cleveland Browns or the Los Angeles Chargers, Las Vegas Vegas Raiders, whoever you want to name. Um, This is a fit for Minnesota because it's going to it's going to be in a situation where we can get the most out of him. So that's my final thoughts on Noah. I'd love to hear any concluding thoughts that y'all have. You know, I I take a look at all four of these guys. I think we would really be just lucky to get any four of them. I think uh, at at this point, all all four guys that we're talking about, they've done well in college. They have traits that we like in corners. They're not zone type corners. Um, So like, I know a lot of people are probably going to be clamoring for the Trayvon Diggs of the world, or they may see Cameron Dantzler's size and like him. I know Bryce Hall is a pretty attractive name on Twitter on Twitter uh, for Vikings Twitter. I, I, those guys are zone corners. That's not what our team looks for typically, unless we're changing how we play cornerback. That's not what we look for. We look for a press man. We look for guys who can get in your face or play off coverage even and, and read and react quickly. I think all four of these guys can do that. So, so with all of that being said, I think we all four have picked really good prospects for the Vikings to consider. Uh, that would help our team out immensely. So that's a great point, Ryan. Miles, can you just comment on, you know, of the four we mentioned, nobody mentioned a Christian Fulton. Nobody mentioned a Trayvon Diggs. Nobody mentioned a CJ Henderson. Why do you think that is? Um, so like I, I said to start, one of my other names, it was between Jeff Gladney for me and it was uh, A.J. Terrell. I think A.J. Terrell is another guy that I really like. I think the Vikings should be really interested in. He's a, a press man type corner. He's very fluid, um, uh, really good at getting his hands on receivers. Um, and I think he's an ex- instinctual player. But um, I think I picked Gladney over him just because I think Gladney has a little bit more of that dog mentality to him that I that I know we've we've talked about. I think you, when you see it on tape, you kind of see that aggressiveness. You see that 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 want and willingness to kind of get into a receiver's face. I like that. That's the kind of mentality I want from my cornerback. I want my guys to have that. You're not if you're not catching the football mentality. Um, and that's probably why I chose him over Terrell. And not that Terrell's not a um, a dog in his own right, but I just think Gladney has a little bit more of that want to um, that I was able to see on tape. So um, that's why I went that route. I think people didn't go with a Diggs or a um, uh, Bryce Hall, like Ryan said, because of the, some of the fits, um, the obvious reasons for Diggs, you know, the, the relationship status, I, I don't agree with it in terms of, I don't think the Vikings should pass on him because of trading Stefan away. But at the same time, I don't think he's as much of a scheme fit. Um, he fits more of a, um, zone, zone style offense, uh, defense, like, uh, the San Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers, I think would be a perfect fit for uh, Trayvon Diggs. Um, a little bit more than the Vikings, um, which is okay guys fit better in certain schemes. So that's okay. And I think uh, that's a reason people didn't bring up Diggs. Talking about CJ Henderson, I think the expectation is that he likely won't be available for the Vikings in the first round unless they trade it up. And I think that'd be a, a hard press to do at this point unless they were willing to, you know, get into the top 15, top 12-ish, maybe 
I know there's some reports that he might go top 10. I'm not sure, but we don't know. Um, so I'm sure that's part of why we didn't talk about him. Uh, Fulton, I think, is another guy that we probably could have discussed. I just think it's all about preference at that point. I think um, Fulton, Gladney, and A.J. Terrell are kind of right in that similar range, and you could throw on Jalen Johnson. They're all in that kind of like anywhere from 15 to 30 range, um, in my opinion, 35 range. I think all those guys will go. Um, so I think that that fits right right where the Vikings are are slotted with their two picks. But um, I just think it's a preference thing. I just think, like I said, Gladney has that dog mentality that you're not catching the ball me uh, mentality that I, I love. So that's kind of why I went with him over those guys. Yeah, and I, I really put Gladney and Fulton really similar range there, and I put Terrell and Jalen Johnson right in the similar range. So, but again, the two the two people we chose, both of them are more dogs than those other two guys. And I, I have Jalen Johnson. You know, you every year you pick a guy, and that's just your guy. Uh, Jalen Johnson's my guy this year, so he, he's a guy that I'm going to stand on the table for. Great, great. So just to let y'all know, there's there's no personal feelings here we picked our guys based on fit if you have a love for christian fulton or cj henderson just don't be too upset when they don't end up on the minnesota vikings that's all i have i think it's been a great podcast if y'all are looking for odell beckham jr takes you can get that on the round table that we recorded yesterday if y'all are looking for jr reed's draft guide it's on the climbing the pocket website please check it out great podcast going over jeff gladney jalen johnson damon arnett and noah ibinogany the auburn kid let's just call him noah thanks for listening guys i think we have one more of these draft prep podcasts in us going over the wide receivers because we might not have to think about Odell Beckham Jr. in purple. So we're going to need to draft <laughs> a wide receiver. So please tune in before the draft next Thursday. We'll pump out one more of these where we can let you compare and contrast the different wide receivers in the NFL draft. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you enjoyed this show. And until next time, Skull Vikings. Vikings.